everyone good morning welcome to the daily drop-in morning show with the teach better team where we are live every single every single day let's be honest friends monday through friday at 7 a.m eastern if you are just popping in or you've been following all week long obviously my name is ray hewart you did have the one and only famous and very infamous dr dave schmidow yesterday so if you didn't catch that episode definitely go check that out it was not only a great conversation but Gosh, I love when Dave Schmidt does anything. So that was a fun episode to be able to tune in for. We have Holly Stewart joining us this morning. We're going to continue our theme this week as we talk about parent communication. And of course, we have some holidays and some good news stories. I don't know that we'll be able to top the coffee ground shoes that they were reporting yesterday, but I will say there's some good holidays for us. So we do have some great conversation. Please go fill up your coffee and we'll get started. amateur moment. I just clicked the wrong commercial. I just clicked the good news story. You didn't even get to ready to drop in theme song. Holly, I'm so sorry. Starting us off with a huge it's, fail. It's okay. It just means you're ready to get into the good news. You're ready for to have a great start to the day. So it's all I good. guess so. Holly, I'm so sorry. I will say like that commercial is shorter than the daily drop-in main commercial. So it must have just been I didn't want to wait to like get into our day today and start. So I'm not even going to play the commercial. I'm just so excited that you're here and I'm excited that we get to chat this morning. Yes, me too. I, I'm very, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. So I came in, got my coffee. I'm ready to go. Love it. Well, if you're waiting for your dose of the daily drop-in commercial song, don't worry. We'll play that at the end, but maybe we'll play good news twice. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of extra good news. No such um, thing as too much good news. No definitely not. Thing. Not in today's world. Let's, let's be honest. So Holly, before we get too far into conversation, because honestly, uh, for a lot of this show, we're just going to catch up like friends because I haven't gotten to talk to you in a while. But if people are connecting with you for the first time, I'd love for them to hear a little bit about who you are, where you come from, what you teach, all the things. All the stuff, all the stuff. So yes, my name is Holly Stewart. I, um, I'm in South Carolina. And I teach eighth grade science. So I work with middle schoolers. Um, I'm at an IB middle school. So there's a lot of, uh, we do a lot of global context and things like that with our content. So it's not just focusing on science, but how does it apply to the world around us and everything. So it's a lot of real world things, which I love that part of it, yeah. And uh, let's see, this is my sixth year in um, at this middle school. So yeah, so I'm just, I'm having a great time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love your focus on education. I'm excited to get more into the nitty gritty of that. And then even if you don't mind, I'd love to discuss like how you share that with parents, how that all goes with our theme mm -hmm. this week. So we have a lot to get into, Holly, uh, in our brainstorming segment. But first and foremost, uh, people are jumping in in the comments saying that they have a lot of snow today. There's some snow days. They're all excited to see you. I have two things I want to discuss. One is I don't think you get snow where you live. And second of all, you have an ambassador crew celebrating you this morning. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in South Carolina, we really, we don't get a lot of snow. If anything, when we have like that bad weather and the temperatures drop, we have to worry about ice is really the, the big thing for us, you know? So we had um, the week of the 17th, we had these, you know, this like double uh, storm that came our way. So we had basically, we had Martin Luther King day off and then Tuesday, there was 
no school because of the weather. We came to school Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday we did not come to school because of the weather. And I felt so bad for my students because they were, um, you know, they were super excited. Oh, Mrs. Stewart, are we going to have snow? How much snow do you think we're going to get? And I'm just like, oh, guys, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> but I will say there's a lot of people in the Midwest. I know uh, oh. Dr. Neil Gupta is jumping in. Hey, Neil, good morning. He's saying that he has a snow day today in Ohio. I'm telling you, the Midwest got hit pretty good over the last 24 hours. And, you know, obviously Ohio is probably still getting a little bit of snow right this morning. So yeah. it's just a snow day for everyone. Lori Saint has a snow day. I know most of the schools around here, if they didn't call a snow day right at the beginning of the morning, it happened by the afternoon because we got, I think I have like 12 inches right now. It's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. We've got, we've got rain here. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. not as good for the dog walks, but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your experience as an ambassador. We were joking before we came live that anytime we talk about you, we never just say like, oh, Holly's in the comments. Good to see you. But you are the Holly Stewart. Like when we refer to you, you get the full name, the title. You really are just, you know, the famous, the famous face of Teach Better. Tell us a little bit about that. I feel like I've kind of like infiltrated my way into the team is kind of how it's worked. But yeah, so I, uh, I am an ambassador. Um, I joined as an ambassador last year. Um, I have been loving that role and uh, also doing blogging um, because, you know, I mean, you, you can't have a conversation with Livia Chan without her saying, hey, would you like to blog? And um, so I've been blogging with the team as well. Um, I have a series that uh, that I do, and it's the Science Better series. Um, so it's all about just things that I do in the classroom. Um, and also just kind of looking, like I said, as an IB school, I, I tend to think not just strictly in the content, but bigger picture and, and things like that. So I also blog about things that are just, you know, I had one in January that was all about patterns and just thinking about, because that's a huge thing for scientists to have to be able to recognize patterns, but then seeing how that kind of can apply to other areas of your life, not just in the classroom. So yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying my role as an ambassador and as a blogger. So. So nice. That I love that you're able to get involved in so many different ways and obviously mm -hmm. share your voice on the blog. I literally was just in a blog meeting yesterday with our blog department, which is, you know, four or five different team members that their sole responsibility is to support our bloggers. And they're not only publishing, you know, series and, and blogs every single day over at teachbear.com, but they're hosting community events and, you know, pro professional development opportunities. And I just don't know any other blog department that is so committed to fostering the creation and, you know, curation of the of the work that's being done in education. It's so, so neat. You know, Carrie Pitstick, who's kind of the lead of all that, obviously, Livia Chan is a huge part as well. Um, they said they published over 530 blogs last year alone. That is more than a blog a day, the entire, like, I it just, it's, I mean, it's unreal. It's unreal. It really, and the, and the variety of topics, it's like, you can't go in there and not find something that is relevant to you, something that speaks to you. You can learn so many things. So yeah, I, I love going through there, but I do have to make sure that I've got a block of time set aside because there is so much to be able to read and take in. So yeah, that's my joke too, Holly. Every time I go over there, which I try and do at least once a day because I love to see what topics people are talking about and yeah. everything else. And I, it, there's it never is a quick visit. It's always mm -hmm. like, 
oh, I want to look at this. Oh, but I also meant to check that one yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always a few that few tabs open that I'm like, okay, I'm going to open three, but then no more than that. Cause I have to <laughs> And the and the thing too, the way it's laid out, like I just love the the images that are chosen to go with each one of them. Because even if you look at the title and it might not necessarily, you know, you might not know what it's going to be about. The image is like, oh, I want to click on that to see what that's going to be. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Sarah Jesse on the team creating all those images. That mm. she she is busy with all those blogs. Let me tell you. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. even count the series. Like we have series that come out around special holidays. We have series that comes out when we publish courses. A lot of members of our daily drop-in community publish blogs after they've appeared on the show. So it just seems endless. I don't know how you guys all do it, but shout out to all the guest <laughs> bloggers, all the ambassadors, all the people making, making educators voice amplified. I think it's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So fun. Well, I'm excited to be able to get into so many different discussions this morning, Holly. I know that Everybody that's tuning in this morning, we already got a good crew here, is excited to see you and everything in between. Um, but Holly, I thought we'd start with good news. I'm going to play that commercial again, even though we already played it this morning. But like I said, more good news is never a bad thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Let's go. Before we get into good news, we are going to start with our brainstorm bank because it is Thursday. So if you are eager to hear about our holidays and our good news, hang tight. Holly, I want to get into your position. I want to get into our theme this week mm -hmm. with um, parent communication. And then last but not least, I really want to take questions from our audience. If you are watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or LinkedIn, feel free to post questions that you want Holly to chat through. You know, the, the famous Holly Stewart is here. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, February 3rd, and we are going to continue with our conversation on, on this snowy Thursday morning, for many of us a rainy Thursday morning, depending on where you are, um, with our brainstorm bank. For those of you who might be tuning into the show for the first time, uh, welcome to a little bit of a wacky one. I'm so glad you're here to meet Holly. But we are going to enter into a segment that we'd like to do every single day on Daily Drop-In to just ask you if you need anything. This is a great opportunity to add questions that you want us to discuss, maybe a, a topic that you're brainstorming or something that you're trying to solve in your classroom later today or later this week. Uh, this is also a great time to ask questions to our guests and learn more about the work that they do and their passion space. So feel free to pose any questions that you want in the chat at any point in time during our show. Holly, we also have a theme this week of kind of like refreshing our parent communication. So I'd love to get into how your role translates into strong parent communication. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I do think it's funny that the the first time that I was on the daily drop-in, the theme that week was communication. It was just communication in general. So I'm like, well, there we go. I must be the, you know, <laughs> the go-to person for communication. Well, but. isn't that funny? I mean, it's not only the go-to, but I know with your, you know, your feet on the ground in the classroom, you've right. been doing this for years, you know parent communication is important. And especially with the specific school and your mindset and approaching education, it really takes a village, right? That's the whole Absolutely. point. Connecting our yeah. content is not done in isolation. Yeah. And I think the the big thing with um, with parent communication that teachers experience is there's there's a lot of times there's that anxiety. You know, how do I? You know, with, when you're talking about parent teacher conferences and things like that, there's always that. Oh gosh, I'm really nervous about it. Um, and I think that one of the key things because 
one of the key things I think for communicating is just to be, first of all, be proactive in your communication. And then second of all, remember and kind of go in with the mindset of any time that you're meeting with a parent specifically, that they are coming to this meeting because they're advocating for their child. And if you come into it with that mindset, then you can both be on the same team and you don't have to feel like you're opposing sides because the end goal is to help that child succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, going to the proactive part of it is we have um, our we have we're a very fortunate that our district is one to one. So all of our students have devices um, and we use Canvas as our LMS. And so. I have basically everything is on my Canvas course. You know, I you, people go into the course and you can see we have what we call a week at a glance. It's one of the things that our school has done. So all pages are when you go into the page of any course, you see a week at a glance. So um, it helps with that consistency part of it. And on my week at a glance, you know, I have the Zoom links are there for the kids that are at home for quarantining or whatever for, you know, for this year as we're continuing to go through the pandemic. Um, you know, anything that we're doing in class, I use I use daily slides. So my students can at home can see exactly what I'm showing the students in the classroom. And I even do that, too, for the students that are in the classroom, because sometimes the way that my class is set up, and it's hard to see, obviously, because you're just seeing the back of my classroom in here, but it's a science classroom, so it's very long. And so my board is way up at the front of the room, but I have students sitting at the back and it might be difficult to see. So if I give them access to the daily slides, they can pull them up on their own laptops and they can follow right along with me. So I set things up so everything is accessible for my students, I explain, you know, how grades work. I have a thing talking about how grids work because as you know, the reason why I got connected with the team was because of the grid method. Um, So everything is right there. So it really doesn't leave any, I guess, any question about what's happening in the classroom and how things work. Um, So whenever I do have a meeting with a parent, it's all right there. They've already seen everything. So there really shouldn't be any questions or surprises about what's happening and why a student's grade is what it is or anything like that. Well, and I, I really appreciate this, this connection between being proactive in your communication, mm-hmm. being connected to routines, because yeah. sometimes we only get some FaceTime with our parents once a year. Some some parents we never get FaceTime mm-hmm. with. Others, we get a lot of FaceTime. But, <laughs> but being able to be consistent that regardless of how you are able to get in front of those parents to make sure they feel confident, and also emphasize with the student how they can communicate with their parents at home. Mm-hmm. That routine really helps you, regardless of when you're having this conversation, to allow them those safety net topics. What can mm-hmm. they expect? How can they get questions answered? And if mm-hmm. they need something, what do they do? And you're able to kind of answer those questions consistently through your routine, which mm-hmm. does allow you to be proactive in your communication before any you know concerns arise, which is really helpful. Yeah. And honestly, the bulk of my parent communication tends to happen at the beginning of the year because I'm the only person who's really doing the grid method. So parents have a lot of questions. about What is this thing? What's going on? How, you know, how does this work? And once they see how it's explained and, you know, and their their children are going through it on a day to day basis. And so they can go home and explain it to the parents, then things tend to calm down. And, you know, and especially with this year with, you know, children being at home, you know, for weeks at a time and then coming back in, 
having everything available to them so that they can access it at home is a great thing. And it makes things so much easier because it also, it you know, frustrates the students a little bit because they're like, oh, well, Mrs. Stewart, I'm not going to be here. I'm like, you have access to the digital grid. Have fun. You'll be fine. You know, so it takes away is, those excuses. But accessibility to content is extremely important for our students, especially yeah. now. It's always been important, but it's very important now. And for you to be able to say, regardless of where you are in our community, you can be a learner. And that's what I think is so powerful, not only in our in our classrooms, but even in this network here, this Teach Better family, no matter where you're located around the world, we want to be there to support you. No matter how you're able to have the conversation, we want to be able to offer that support to you. And so this applies to your students and your parents and that consistency, being proactive, I think mm -hmm. is essential. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it is it is great to be able to have the, a resource like the grid to be able to, you know, and like I said, have everything digital and they've got, you know, their paper copies of things because you never know what's going to happen because that week that we had the bad weather where we were only in school two days, I send all my stuff. We have a print shop where you can send things over and they'll make multiple copies for you. And I was waiting and waiting. And obviously there were backups there because of that. And, you know, my students were like, oh, are we not going to be able to do our work yet? And I'm like, you can because <laughs> you can still go and do the digital one. So, yeah, it's just having everything right there. It really that just that can eliminate a lot of problems with uh, with any aspect of communication. Yeah, I love that consistency. Even if you're listening right now and you don't use uh, Canvas, which I know is a great platform to utilize, this concept of being proactive and having your you're having your content be as accessible as possible. Obviously, there's always exceptions to that rule. Um, I think is really important. We're talking about slides that can be viewed on the computer, viewed on the smart board. We're talking about you know packets or or pages that students can utilize not only on the computer but also. Um, I know paper pencil in front of them. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways to, to go about that accessibility. But, mm -hmm. you know, as we kind of think back on parent communication, is there ways that you are kind of teaching your students how to help you be proactive in the parent communication? Obviously, you have a plan that you're implementing for that consistency. But working with a middle school group, there has to also be some sort of education you're giving your students on how they can communicate to parents as well, I assume. Yeah. So, I mean, really one of the big things for eighth graders is, you know, we're getting them ready for high school where they have to have a lot more independence in their, you know, in their academic lives. And so just simple things like them wanting to come to me. So Mrs. Stewart, what page does this go on in my notebook? And I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of look at them and say, hmm, if only there was a place where you could go to find that information for yourself. And, uh, you know, I had a student yesterday who was he was doing that with me, you know, like, can't you just tell me? And I'm like, I'm really trying to teach you to be dependent, you know, or I want or not be dependent. I'm trying to teach you how to be an independent learner. So, no, I'm not going to tell you because you have all the tools you need, you know, and he kind of walked away with his head down. But he went and found out what he needed to find out. So just helping them to learn to advocate for themselves, helping them to be able to see where everything is, because that has been a really big thing this year. It, well, the past two years, really, is they have to be able to find this stuff. Because I, I keep telling them, if you were at home by yourself and I was not there for you to say, Mrs. Stewart, where is X, Y, and Z, how would you find it? You know, if you, sorry, go ahead. No, I, was, I really love this connection you're making right now between students taking ownership over their learning mm -hmm. 
and being able to have the freedom to advocate and take that ownership now being connected to them more easily being able to be a support system for their parents at home. Mm -hmm. I know that connection is huge. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so again, in the beginning of the year, when I do have a lot of parents that are, you know, what is this assignment? How does this work? And I explain to them, everything is right there on Canvas. So you can click on the links to be able to see it. And I also use a lot of pictures in my assignments, not just words. So it's, you know, here is the assignment, written description of it, and then a picture of here is what it should look like, you know, and so they can very clearly see everything that they need because we do have a lot of, um, in our, and Carly Spina would be very happy to hear this. We have a lot of, you know, ESL students who are, you know, we have a lot that are brand new to the country. And so the, the, the ability to be able to look at something and clearly see, okay, Mrs. Stewart is saying, this is what I need to be working on. This is where, what it, where it should be in my book. And they're able to make those connections, you know, and even with our students that are struggling readers, whether they're native English speakers or not, you know, you have to be able to reach a wide range of students in your classroom. And so by being able to have all those structures in place, so that, you know, the people who like to read, they can read it. The ones who are more visual and need to see it, they can see it. And I also do, like for my quizzes, I have audio links with each question and it's me reading it to them. So, <laughs> and I know that that speaks to your heart as well. Yes, you just have <laughs> visual and you're going to read the text to me. Gosh, I want to be yeah. in the classroom. Again, you're going back to accessibility. When yes. you're able to have a classroom where students are taking ownership over their learning, and they know what's expected of them because you're giving them a consistent routine every single time they're learning, you as the educator kind of free up this time because the consistency is always there, the expectations already set. You now have time to focus on accessibility to content and everything else. Right. I, I love this you know, sustainability and scalability in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because then, like you said, you can focus on what's really important, which is being able to have those conferencing times to be able to walk around and talk to students. Because I'm not constantly saying, open your book, turn to this page. Remember, we're on this page. Remember, you need to go get this. They know what they need to do so I can focus on the more important things. You know, Holly, I, this hasn't come up all week. And I just thought it would be interesting for us to discuss because I don't know that you do this specific topic, but I know that we can have some sort of dialogue around it. Lori's talking about in the comments right now, she said something about um, setting goals. And I, I just, that instantly made me thought think of that parent communication, while it can be set up by routines and it can be you know communicated by the teacher, the students taking ownership and the students having the power in communicating to parents is important. Um, a lot of educators in our community, when students set goals every single day, can use a program similar to a program like Seesaw or something else that can directly communicate essentially to their parent without the teacher getting involved in all, at all. I know mm -hmm. that in my classroom, when students goal set and reflect, they answered four questions every single day. And it essentially gave an overview of like, what did I do today? How, how confident do I feel in this material? And what's my next steps that I'm going to set for myself as a goal? And not only mm -hmm. was that shared with me as the teacher, so I kind of got a snapshot of that student's learning experience but it also went directly to the parent's phone on an app that they used or mm -hmm. on their computer that they had download, downloaded. So that really did talk about communication, give those parents a snapshot of what every what those 60 minutes looked like for that child. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do, um, my students do set a goal every day. So the way that the structure is throughout the week, on Monday, they set a daily goal and they set a weekly goal. So I say, you know, what do you hope to accomplish by the end of class today? And what do you hope to accomplish by Friday? Tuesday, they set a daily goal. Wednesday, they set a daily goal and they reflect on their weekly goal. Are you on the way to being able to achieve it? If yes, great. If no, what do you need to change? Thursday, it's a daily goal. And then Friday, it's daily. And did you achieve your goal? Why or why not? What are you going to do differently next week? So it's it's a great thing. And I, you know, that's something that they do in their science journals. And I have my my blog all about my notebooks and my journals in my classroom and how I use them. But those go in their journals and they know that that is not something that's graded because this is something just for them to be able to try to, you know, be better. What can you do to improve yourself? And I'd always tell them, I'm like, challenge yourself. You know, maybe it's today I'm going to be able to do two boxes on my grid, whereas, you know, yesterday I only did one or, you know, something like that. Just try to push yourself just a little bit more, get out of that comfort zone, see what you can do. And I love that goals, especially the way you're setting them, holy moly, because if you're looking at <laughs> teaching students short and long-term goals, mm -hmm. which I'm such an advocate for, I love goal-setting conversations, but now you're getting into teaching students that a goal is not necessarily even content-driven all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a goal is, I really need to advocate for myself better this week, or yeah. I really need to not only ensure that I'm learning this material, but help my friends around me also feel the same confidence I feel in, the, in this content. And you know, everything in between. So I, I love this balance, especially as they're reflecting on two different lengths of goals that yeah. you could say, okay, here's my goal for tomorrow. Here's what I want to achieve tomorrow. But then here's this long term. And it can be this balance mm -hmm. of, I want to get through one section of the grid so I can feel that success. It can mm -hmm. be, you know, oh, I was really distracted today. I really need to refocus my mind and make sure I'm efficient and effective next, you know, next mm -hmm. work session. I love, I love this concept. And then to be able to have students again, take that ownership. They're able to communicate that to parents. Think about how much mm -hmm. easier a dinner conversation is when a parent leans over and says, what'd you do in math class? You've already prepared mm -hmm. them to begin that conversation with their family. Right, right. So hopefully it'll eliminate a lot of the nothing or I don't know, you know, kind of responses. So, so, so true. I love it. You know, Holly, obviously I could pick your brain on a lot of things, but I feel like every educator has their soapbox moment, right? What the thing that they're so passionate about that if there's nothing else they can talk on, they really want to make sure this message is communicated because they're so passionate about it. What would be your soapbox moment? I assume it's not parent communication. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, surprisingly enough, no, that's not my soapbox. Thing. But you're so good at it. So I no, uh, I would say, honestly, it is the, um, the ability to get students to really own their learning and to just drive that natural curiosity that they have, which is, I mean, that's honestly why I'm not just a teacher, but a science teacher. Um, there is so much that is happening in the world and kids have so many questions about it. And for them to be able to have that ability to ask the questions and then be able to feel confident enough in themselves to be able to seek out the answers. And, you know, it might be something as easy as I can just, I can Google it and, you know, figure things out. Or it might be, I need to design an experiment and try this, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, students who, you know, we're in the middle of doing one of the, um, we have what we call quick labs, which are just labs that are very straightforward. It is just probably 15 minutes max just to 
very concrete here. It, this is explaining this concept. But I have a lot of times where students will say, well, wait a minute, what if? You know, and I love those what if questions, because then I can say, even if I know what the answer is going to be, I can say, well, I don't know. What do you think would happen? And then we can talk about it. And obviously, if it's something safe, <laughs> then we can say, OK, let's try it. Let's see. You know, and that just generates that that natural curiosity, which makes them, of course, want to ask more questions and more questions. So just being able to foster that in my students is a lot of the, the driving force behind what I do in my classroom. Um, and it is something that it takes the, it takes my students a little while to, to kind of get used to that because there's a lot of times where, you know, students are used to just being, here's your information, repeat back to me, here's your information. And that's not how I do things in the classroom. Um, and it does take them a while, you know, when they're trying to just complete boxes on their grid. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not completion. I want you to understand it. And just that look on their faces when I tell them to go back and they're like, but it's done. I'm like, but you didn't understand it based on the conversation we just had. Mm -hmm. So I want you to go back and I want you to think about it again. And once they, it is amazing the change that happens in them once they get comfortable with that, you know, that whole, oh, I didn't fail. I can do it again. I can try again and learn it a different way and then explain it to you in a different way. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's really my big thing is just advocating for students to be able to own their learning. Uh, you know that we share that passion. I, mm -hmm. I love those moments. And you're right, that mindset shift that has to happen every single year as we get students in our classroom that say that says, oh, it's not about playing the game of school. Right. She just wants the best for me. She wants to make sure that I understand the content. And I'm not necessarily working to to Go, go the quickest and just get it all done. Mm -hmm. But I really need to take responsibility for understanding the information. So yeah. powerful, so good. I wanna challenge yeah. everybody to, to see, maybe reflecting today throughout your Thursday, what are you actually advocating for that concept? Or do you fall into the category sometimes as a, as a teacher to say, ooh, sometimes I do just focus on completion, just, just mm -hmm. getting it done and doing it. And, you know, there's a time and space for that, but it shouldn't be the consistent message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it is, I just had a, I was just thinking I had a student who um, we do a pre-assessment to figure out where you're going to start on your grids. And, and she had done this pre-assessment and it said that she was going to be starting on level two. And she came up to me after the pre-assessment. She was like, Mrs. Stewart, I have to be honest. I, I didn't really know the content. And my guesses happened to be right. But she's like, can I start at level one? Because I really don't know this. And I was like, absolutely. Of course you can. That's the whole point of this is for you to enter into the grid at the level that is appropriate for you. So great job advocating for yourself. And what a good skill. This used to be a huge thing we focus on. I don't even feel like I get to talk about it nearly as much as I want to. But the skill of being able to understand I used to phrase it like understand what it feels like in your body to know the information. Like, what does mm -hmm. it feel like when you feel confident in whatever you're you're focusing on? And for her to be able to self-assess and say, oh, wait, I I don't feel confident. This isn't yeah. the feeling that I need to be able to to move on to this more challenging information. Mm -hmm. That is a skill, right? How often are we as educators learning something new and we're waiting and waiting for that feeling where I'm like, ooh, I got it. You know, yeah, that's a yeah. skill to have that. Mm -hmm, absolutely. 
Yeah. Holly, I want to make sure everyone connects with you on this topic because I know that we could talk on this forever. And yeah. I, I want to create our <laughs> network to, to reach out to you to continue your learning, their learning. So mm-hmm. we're going to have all of your information shared. But obviously, if you are physically watching, meaning that you're not listening on Teach Better Talk podcast, but you can actually see our video stream. Obviously, your Twitter handle is right there on the screen. So that's something that they can uh, connect to as well. But we'll get into more of that as we go. We're going to get into this good news section, share some holiday good news stories. We've been waiting all show for this. So we'll <laughs> Morning, everyone. Thank you for joining the Daily Drop-In Morning Show. This is streaming currently on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. We love being able to be here with you every single morning, sharing on a variety of topics and also giving you some good news for the day. Holly, I really appreciate you being here bright and early to talk shop before school today. And obviously, our good news segment is not only some good news articles that you can share to foster relationships with students or colleagues, but also some holidays. And I, it's interesting. I think all these were connected. It was like the universe sent <laughs> us good information because I think you're going to connect with all of the information I have to share with you today. Fantastic. The first is when we first got on this morning before we went live, we were talking about lettings or letting our dogs out, right, to go to the bathroom <laughs> and mm-hmm. how the weather really affects that. <laughs> yeah. Today is a very special day for your dog. So if you're listening and you have a dog at home, I just, you know, you have plans tonight because it is the official, the world holiday of doggy date night. So learn about all the ways to celebrate man's best friend and get ready for a doggy date night tonight. Who knew? Doggy date night. There we go. I don't know if I've ever done a doggy date night, but the picture here is a cute dog holding a rose. So I feel like, you know, sign me oh, up. There we go. I was just thinking, you know, maybe we could go on an extra long walk or something, you know. Well, romantic strolls, I think, are fitting yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, that I'd works. Love, I'd love to hear people's doggy date night plans. Maybe an extra little scoop of something in their food to, you know, mm-hmm. make it taste a little bit better. It's all good. Yeah. Extra treat. There you go. Love it. It's also National Carrot Cake Day. Are you a carrot cake fan? I am not a carrot cake person. No, that's just, that's not one that, that I like. And I think it has to do with more of the, it's usually that cream cheese frosting and I'm just not a cream cheese person. Oh, something. So, okay. I, <laughs> did I just get kicked off the, out of the family here? <laughs> you know what, Holly? No one's perfect. And it's okay that we found your flaw. I mean, I don't know who in the world doesn't like cream cheese frosting. Shame on you. No. But, but you know, that's more for everybody else. There you go. There you go. You guys can have my piece. I love it. I love it. I didn't ask you earlier, but it seems like the universe wants me to. It's also World Golden Retriever Day. I don't know what kind of dog you have. Do you have a golden retriever? No, we don't have a golden retriever. We've got uh, our dogs are both rescue dogs. So they're a little bit of everything all all mixed together. It's always fun when you uh, pick up a puppy from a shelter and people are like, oh, what kind of dog? And you're like, I don't know. The biggest Mm. mix of all the things. (laughs) Yeah. I get the same questions of mine. They're like, oh, what what are your dogs? And I'm like, I have no idea. I assume Mm -hmm. something poodle mix with the two that I have, but then it could be anything else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know because when we went to, you know, we got our our first dog and she was this teeny little thing. Like she was only a, a few months old and like I could hold her in my hand. Like she was so tiny and they were like, oh, she's probably gonna be, you know, maybe like 35 pounds. 
This dog is 80 pounds right now. <laughs> it was like we brought home Clifford the big red dog because every time we took her to the vet, she was doubling in size. <laughs> Honestly, though, I, I have a very similar story to mine too. I, I had one that was about 20 pounds. And I'm like, oh, it'd be so fun to get like a matching one, which would be very hard to find at a shelter. But I'm like, I'm just, I'll hunt, keep my eyes out. I find this little puppy and they're like, oh, he's definitely a miniature something. He'll be around the same same little height. I'm like, that's cute. You know, years later, I have an 80 pound dog and a 20 pound dog. And that's just how it works at shelter. Because <laughs> yeah. you just never know. You never know. <laughs> um, I didn't ask you, but again, I think the, the universe has these questions already mapped out for me. What is your dog's name? Because a very popular dog's name is Elmo. And today is Elmo's birthday from Sesame Street. Well, happy birthday to Elmo. Exactly. Uh, no, so it's it's funny with our family, like all three of my children, their names all start with C and our two dogs, both of their names start with C's. So we've got our daughters, Cameron and Courtney and our son, Clayton. And then we have our dogs. Our oldest is Canela, which is Spanish for cinnamon. And then Coco. <laughs> so. I love it. How fun. It's so good. I like that theme too. That makes, you know, then when you're yelling down the hall, at someone, you just can go through all the C names. You'll hit yes, them. I know. I'm like, which one am I talking to? Come on. <laughs> it's always good when mom calls you the dog's name. Yeah. <laughs> every time you're like, okay, fine, mom, fine. Right. Uh, last but not least, huge shout out to the physicians in the world that have been mm -hmm. keeping us safe during this incredible uh, global pandemic. But it is World Women's Physicians Day. So shout out to all the women physicians. That there we go. Cheers to you. Safe all the work that you do. You know, Holly, for a good news story, I was struggling because this story is not necessarily good news or bad news. It was an interesting study, but I thought this would be interesting to not only reflect on as educators, but also bring to our students to ask their thoughts and opinions. It was in the Good News Network, so I felt like it was good news. Um, I think anytime we can be more educated in supporting our students, it's good news. So we're going to get into this. It says, the title is The Top Skills American Teens Want to Learn and Do After High School. Mm. So it was, a, it was a study done. It says teens today are looking to forge their own success and happiness in their future careers. A recent survey of over 2,000 American high school students uh, found that although a third of respondents have no post-graduation plans, 82% do agree the most important thing for them is to do something they're passionate about, regardless of what career they actually choose. And it's interesting, with this survey, they really went in and dug into the data. There's so many different statistics in this that I think would be interesting to pull. So if you are mm -hmm. somebody that might be interested in pulling some of this data to look at percentages and, and teens' opinions, this is over on the Good News Network. But Holly, an important part at the end that I thought would be interesting for us to discuss is they identified the top 10 skills students think should be taught in school. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you are not only teaching science, but you are teaching science as a way for students to understand the world around them. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine that you bring in some essential skills into the conversation because Yes, science important is important, but it also is important because it relates to so many other mm -hmm. um, areas of the of the space that they live in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to have to look up this uh, this study here to see what these skills are because if I'm not intentionally bringing them into the classroom, I'm going to start. <laughs> well, and you know, for for those of us that use the grid method, the grid method is a great way to scaffold learning. 
but it's not the only thing that we should have in our classrooms. I know a lot of other teachers, and I know this is a passion space for you, bring in that real world to allow mm -hmm. for engagement and purpose. We have a number of different courses in our Teach Better Academy around the Teach Further model, which is around mm -hmm. creating themed internships sponsored by local businesses to emphasize the purpose of our content. So regardless of how people are going about bringing in these skills, it's really important that we paint a picture for our students to understand how the content we're teaching them relates to their real lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking up this study to see what's in here. This sounds good. So these are the top 10. And I do want to emphasize a lot of these um, pieces that we're going into weren't necessarily skills, in my opinions. They're more um, topics that students are interested mm -hmm. in learning in that I think can be folded into content. So I would love for our community to reflect a little bit and say, whether you're a first grade teacher, an eighth grade science teacher, or a high school English teacher, is there a way for you to look at this top 10 list and bring this into dialogue sometime throughout the year, sometime throughout their learning? So here's what we have. The first one right at the top, culinary arts. Oh. Tell me a little bit. Why is that important, do you think? Wow. I mean, goodness, you have to be able to feed yourself. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that that is true. We do have a um, we've got a in our in our school. They just renovated. It was maybe a couple years ago. The um, the family and consumer science room, and it's absolutely amazing. And I know before you know, obviously before COVID, she would the the woman who teaches in there. She would host uh, dinners for the faculty, so we could you know like before we had like our open house night. She would host a big, a big dinner for faculty. So we would all eat there and then go to our classrooms and welcome in parents and families and everything. So yeah, culinary arts is huge. Well, and how important, how important for not only to be its own class, I love that that, that exists, but mm -hmm. also that's something you can fold into science. Science is a huge element of making sure that what we make actually comes out the way we wanted it to, right? So oh, yeah, I mean, Alton Brown, with his, uh, you know, his, the Good Eats show that he that he does and understanding the chemistry behind the cooking and everything. I love that kind of stuff. I love it. Other ones on here, cosmetology, nursing, auto mechanics, electronics, welding, uh, really interesting, and mechanical technology, auto, auto body and collision repair, landscape design, construction trades, and metalworking. I think it's so interesting because as I reflect on those, I don't really know that in my personal education, and I, I was in a wonderful school, I really learned these skills. But as an adult, I use these skills all the time. I mean, all every the time, day. Yeah. 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 And for those no. people that are struggling with snow right now, knowing how to <laughs> operate a car and get the car out of the snow, how many times have we all gotten stuck? I mean, these are important things. Yeah, we do have um, in our district, we have what's called the, the ATC, the Applied Technology Center. And it is a school that all three of the high schools in our district, their students are able to go and take these types of hands-on classes. And I mean, you can graduate from high school with a certificate in these different trades. And it's just absolutely amazing. I love it. You know, I, it's so funny. I know that these classes were offered to me, but I never knew how important it was to mm -hmm. take advantage of them. So not only shout out to those schools that have those specific classes, but yeah. even if you're in a school that doesn't offer that, maybe it's not at an appropriate grade level, you know, how we can fold in these conversations with our students so they can mm -hmm. be better educated for those types of fields. So cool, yeah. so important, so valuable. Yeah. And it seems like they're all, they're all hands-on things. 
And that is something that I've noticed, you know, with with me, not just doing science, but also the design aspect of things and having them build, you know, my students build things. It's been absolutely amazing to watch them come in at the beginning of the year. And I ask them to put something together out of cardboard and they're like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, they always give me these looks like when, you know, they're asking can you, can you cut this for me? Can you do this? And I'm like, oh, let me get my saw. And they're like, you what? <laughs> like, I have my toolbox with all my little things in there, you know? And they're like, oh, can I use the saw? And I'm like, no, 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 that's, that's not yet. Just do it. <laughs> I love it. Holly, I would do want to make sure that our community can reach out to you. Obviously you're an ambassador and you're always accessible to that little family over there. Obviously you're a guest blogger. So people can learn from you over at teachbetter.com slash blogs but I also would love to, for them to connect with you on a personal level, on social media or anywhere in between. So how can they get connected? Yeah, so my educational um, social media is definitely with Twitter. Um, so, and I am, I am at Holly A. Stewart and it is spelled S-T-U-A-R-T. Um, so you can find me on Twitter with that. And, you know, I, I am on Facebook and Instagram and all those and it's, still Holly A. Stewart. Um, it's just Instagram is more my nature pictures that I take when I'm out on walks and things like that. And Facebook is, you know, all the crazy stuff that just happens in general in my world. But education wise, Twitter is definitely where I am. Um, but I'm definitely interested if anyone, you know, please, you know, read my blog, share your thoughts on it. You know, I, I love to hear what people think and what resonated with them. And it also will help me to, you know, come up with future you know, future uh, blogs that I write and everything, maybe different topics that people are interested in. I love it. So important. Please make sure that you are always connecting with our daily drop-in guests. This is a great opportunity to expand your network and also just continue to grow your diversity as an educator to ensure that you have people that can brainstorm with you and help you be uh, the best educator we can every single day, right? Our mindset and the Teach Better team is a little bit better today than we were yesterday and a little bit better tomorrow than we were today. And I love that mindset of connecting with our friends here in the incredible Teach Better family. You know, Holly, I'm thrilled that we were able to talk and I'm thrilled that we also got some FaceTime for our community to meet the one and only Holly Stewart. I hope that you are joining us at the Teach Better conference later oh, this year. 110%. The day that you guys opened that, the registration for it, I got my ticket. So yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm still waiting though, Ray. And I don't know if this is you or Jeff that I need to talk to about this, but uh, I'm still waiting on my golden ticket. You know, I agree <laughs> with us needing to have golden tickets, and you should hold Jeff accountable for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jeff Gargas, Katie Miglin, and everybody on the Teach Better team that is organizing the Teach Better conference. I think golden tickets are essential. I heard mm -hmm. a rumor. There's all these different committees that are that are being formed to kind of plan the you know this event. It, it doesn't just happen overnight. And Brianne Fennell, who is very, very popular, not only in our ambassador group, but also in the comments of Daily Drop-In every morning, I heard that she's in charge of audience experience. I think a golden yeah. ticket might actually be Bree's fault as well. So Bree, okay. I'm pulling you the bus here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll definitely have a lot. I've, I've heard a lot of rumors about green balloons and everything going on at the event. So for those of you who are interested in attending the Teach Better Conference, you can go get your early bird ticket. It ends this month, $100 off your ticket. You guys know me, I never believe in paying full price. So please go <laughs> save $100 and go spend it on ice cream or coffee or 
I don't know, cake or any, anything that would make you it, more happy. You can go get your carrot cake, right? For today. Your carrot cake with those $100. That's an expensive <laughs> carrot cake. Uh, but that, all that's over at teachbetterconference.com. And then as we've been sharing, I'm sure, Holly, you saw this, mm -hmm. we have proposals opening. If you want to be a yes. speaker in our lineup, we will have a lot of speakers sharing their voice at the Teach Better Conference. Proposals open on March 1st and is open all the way through March and all the way through April. It ends on a Saturday, April 30th, I believe it is. The last day of April, everything will close. So you'll have plenty of time to submit your session. We are releasing featured speakers for the next few weeks. Um, so I'm excited to continue to celebrate Alexis and Jed, who we announced this week as well. So it's good. And, and I have to say, Jed has the best last name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Jed Derryberry, how do you, how do you win on that? Yeah. I love it. If you want to meet Alexis and Jed a little bit more personally, learn about them as educators. Um, Alexis will be live with us next Monday at, in the evening. And then Jed will be joining the Daily Drop-In Show on Tuesday with Jeff Gargas. So there will be some good, good hangout mm -hmm. time for all of our community. And Holly, like you know, you know, it's great to always have a good speaker to learn from. It's great to have people to learn yeah. from just in general at a conference. But this conference is about so much more than people just speaking, right? Whether you're mm -hmm. looking to present a 20-minute session or a, a 75-minute session, it's also about the networking event. It's about walking down the hall and, mm -hmm. you know, being very safe but giving really big hugs. I mean, it's just going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, just the connections and the, you know, the relationships that you can foster at an event like this. I mean, I, I, I you always say this and I feel the same way that I feel like I know everybody really well right now, but I haven't met anybody in person. So it's going to be, I just think it's just going to be such a great experience to be able to actually see everyone in person. It's going to be wonderful. I can't wait. You have become the famous, the Holly Stewart without ever meeting anybody in the Teach Better family. I know it's all through social media. <laughs> Amazing. I can't wait for everybody to get together and definitely stay tuned for all announcements. We will have a few different things that we are announcing throughout the week. Um, so please let us know if you need anything, anytime that you are, um, you know, around for the daily drop in or just the teach better team in general, but we wish, want to wish everybody a wonderful Thursday. Happy February 3rd. Go on a date with your dog later today and let us know how it goes. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the one and only Brad Hughes to kick off our Friday show and we'll see you all later, friends. So Holly, thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. Oh, here's that commercial you didn't get earlier. So enjoy the 27 seconds of love.